Welcome to another spectacular word from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Are you ready for the word tonight? If you're ready for the word tonight, we're going to be continuing in our Church on the Rock COTR Family Bible Study Series. And we've been talking about the patriarchs this year, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and some of the accounts of their life and how God interacted with them to bring about what we are enjoying now in this covenant we have through Jesus Christ. Jesus is the seed of Abraham. We are the children of Abraham by faith. And God has given us this same covenant covenant that he gave with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so learning a little more about their lives uh, as we are beginning this year is a very important adventure that I believe God has given us an opportunity uh, to enjoy together. And so tonight we're talking uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and we're talking about the right woman. Eh? The right woman. Okay. Y'all say, my goodness, what, what are we, where, where are we going? Well, come on and let's go together wherever we're going. You know, uh, last week we left Jacob on his way to Haran. Okay, he was 77 years old and he had left his home with, with Isaac, his father, and Rebekah, his mother, and he was leaving Beersheba. He was going north. Last week he stopped at Bethel and he made a covenant with God that I will bless you. I will return a tithe to you of everything you bless me with. And that was after God had already spoken to him that he was going to bless him. And that covenant tithe, God didn't say, if you'll give me a tithe, I will be your God. He said, I'm going to be your God. And Jacob said, well, that is worth me making a covenant with you, that you're going to bless me let me just tell you what, you bless me, I'm blessing you. Okay? It wasn't, I'll bless you, God, so you'll bless me. It was, God bless me, so I'll bless God. You know, God blesses us and makes us a blessing. Okay, And that was, was, was the proper order. And so he had headed, uh, Jacob, 77 years old, and headed toward Haran. He was looking for a wife, trying to find a wife from the family of his mother. Because her brother and her family lived in Haran, which is basically on the border today of Syria and Turkey, near the, uh, the uh, um, um, Euphrates River. Okay? That's the area that we're talking about. And so we're going to continue the account uh, this week of Jacob in Genesis chapter 29. And uh, in, in Genesis chapter 29, we find Jacob arriving... Uh, just outside the city of Haran, and he arrives at a well. Now, uh, I, I love this picture because you see it was, uh, we believe, at this very same well that we met his mother in previous chapters as she agreed to draw water for the camels of, uh, of, of a servant of Abraham when Abraham's servant was looking for a wife for Isaac. And so here, Jacob's mother uh, you know, was at this same well as what we believe, just outside the city of Iran. 
And it's the same well where his mother had got introduced to his father, basically, uh, and, 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 and uh, ended up, you know, uh, marrying his father as a result of that. And now he is at that same well. And there are people uh, waiting at that well to water the sheep. And while they are waiting at that well, um, uh, it's, you know, so much today is orchestrated by God. It can only be orchestrated by God. And, uh, you know, uh, if, if God was doing this in today's world, most likely Jacob would have stopped at the mall, you know, or he would have stopped at Walmart, okay? But he stopped at the well because this well is a place where people gathered in the evenings, and, and so it's a place where he could find out information and get some direction and those kinds of things. And, and um, uh, while he was there... Here came this beautiful young shepherdess bringing some sheep to the well so that they could get water for the day. And when Jacob saw this beautiful shepherdess, uh, he was quite taken with her beauty. Um, and then he found out that she was his first cousin. Uh, when, he did, when, he, when he realized that he is, uh, she is the daughter of my mother's brother, I am in the right place. You know, God has honored my trip. I've come to the place. I've arrived at the place. And so um, when, when um, this young shepherdess, her name was Rachel, when she found out that, that, that who he was and subsequently her daddy found out that a relative had come, uh, then her dad named Laban, he went out, met his sister's son, and he said, come home with us. And so Jacob went home with Laban, the father of uh, Rachel, this beautiful shepherdess that he had seen. And he spent a week, as the Bible tells us in Genesis 29, he spent a week with Uncle Laban just helping out, doing a little here, doing a little there. And Uncle Laban was so impressed with him that Uncle Laban said to Jacob, Genesis 29 and verse 15, Then Laban said to Jacob, Because you are my relative, should you therefore serve me for nothing? I mean, you've been, you, you've been working around here all week, but you know, just because you're my relative doesn't mean that you have to serve me without pay. Tell me, what should your wages be? What what do you want? I mean, I want to hire you. I want you to hang around here. What, what should I pay you for all the work that you are doing? And so uh, the Bible continues in that story, in that account, to tell us that Laban had two daughters, not just the one Rachel, but Rachel had an older sister named Leah. And uh, uh, Leah was not the pretty sister. Rachel was. And uh, it ends up that, uh, you know, Jacob, verse 18, now Jacob loved Rachel. So he said to Uncle Laban, I'll make a deal with you. I will serve you seven years for Rachel, your younger daughter. Well, Uncle Laban knew that it was better for him to marry his daughter off to family. At least it keeps assets in family. Uh, than it was to marry her off to a stranger. And so he was not opposed to that. So he invited Jacob to just, oh, uh, you know, stay with me. I never find uh, Laban saying okay. Because, you know, 
later on we find out he had a different idea. But, but he just basically says, well, stay with me. You know, listen, if you're ever making a bargain with somebody, make sure that they sign the contract, not just you. You're not the only one that needs to sign. Is that right, Dean? Both parties need to sign. But, but Uncle Laban never said okay. He just said, oh, yeah, really? Well, stay with me. You know, and, uh, and so uh, verse uh, 20 says, So Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed only a few days to him because of the love that he had for her. Wow. He worked seven years. Have you ever had that experience that you enjoyed doing something so much that you don't even realize it's midnight? You don't even realize it's 2 o'clock in the morning, and you're, I mean, you're not, you're not sleepy. You know, I'm enjoying what I'm doing, you know, uh, uh, and, or, or, or perhaps you're, you're, you're working and you look behind you and say, oh my goodness, I've been doing this for 20 years. I've been doing this for 30 years. Here for seven years, he worked and it seemed like only a few days. Why? Because he was in love with what he was working for. And a lot of people work for a lot of different things. He happened to be working for a woman he wanted to marry. But some people, you know, enjoy it because they're working for a principal or working for, you know, uh, something that, that, that uh, you know, a, a, a mission or working for money or working for something that they really believe is worth their time, something that they enjoy, something that they value. And so it seemed but just a short time. The converse is also true. When you're working for something that you don't like and you don't want and you don't care about, then it's, you know, uh, oh, one day can seem like seven years. You know, a few days can seem like eternity. And looking forward to the next few days can seem horrible. But here Jacob started working for his uncle, when he was about 77 or 78. When, when we get to the end of the seven years, he's now 84 or 85. Okay? Let's keep these things in the, in the Bible perspective here. He's 84, 85 years old, and he's worked for seven years for this uh, shepherdess named Rachel, the younger daughter that he is in love with, and it's only seemed like a few days. Uh, so he gets to the end of his seven years, and he says, uh, uh, "Laban, I have fulfilled my days. Give me my wife." And and Laban says, "Great!" And he gathers all the the people of the area together, and they throw this big feast and have a big party. Now I don't know exactly what happened here. I have laid in bed trying to imagine it. I have just really uh, for years tried to put myself in that place and be at that party or be one of the people there I've tried to put myself in Jacob's place I do not know the only thing I've even imagined is that the feast and the party must have got pretty wild and and Jacob may you know Laban may have you know uh, uh, slipped a mickey to him and he might have been you know pretty uh, inebriated because Instead, when, when, when it came time, nighttime, instead of giving Rachel, his youngest daughter, that Jacob had believed he was working for, instead of giving her to Jacob, uh, if you know the story, you know where it's going. But for those of you who haven't heard it, Uncle Laban sent his older daughter, Leah, into the tent. And for whatever reason, Jacob did not know he was with Leah. Thinking he was with Rachel, he consummated the marriage. 
and the next morning realized that this was not the woman he expected. And so he, he rises up, he gets up, and, and when he uh, realizes what has happened, uh, uh, he, he goes to Uncle Laban, he says, you know, what did you do? What, what in the world did you do to me? I served you for Rachel, and you gave me Leah. That was not the bargain. And Laban said, well, you don't understand. In our country, it is our custom and our culture of this country that the older daughter be married first instead of the younger daughter. And I could not give you the younger daughter before the older daughter is married. So, uh, uh, you know, I mean, Laban had deceived him, no doubt. And Jacob is angry. But what could he do? Verse 27, Laban said to Jacob, Fulfill Leah's week, and we will give, and, and we will give, we will give, I guess me and the family, will give you this one also for the service which you will serve me with, serve with me still another seven years. What's he saying? He's saying, listen, you've got to fulfill the marriage week here. There's a lot of implication here, by the way, with, with the marriage of the Lamb. But you've got to fulfill the marriage week. And then I will give you, after seven days, I will give you Rachel to wife. And uh, all you've got to do is work for me another seven years. I mean, what could he do? You know? He agreed. Now, if he'd have been making the bargain up front, he might have only wanted to work four years for Leah and seven years for Rachel, but he didn't get that chance. Laban's a pretty shrewd guy, by the way, and uh, uh, his shrewdness is going to be his downfall later in life. But uh, what else could Jacob do? He loved Rachel so much that it appeared to him he had no choice but to act honorably in the marriage that had occurred between he and Leah and and uh, him and Leah, and and uh, and to do whatever it took to get what he wanted. After fulfilling the wedding week with Leah, Jacob was given Rachel as a second wife. And Jacob faithfully worked for Laban for another seven years without complaint. And God blessed Laban. God blessed everything that was in Laban's hands because Jacob was serving him. The covenant partner of God was serving this man, and so this man was blessed. Let me tell you, those that you serve are blessed because you are blessed of God. After seven years, he finally finished paying the dowry. And uh, the realization is, is that Jacob loved Rachel. He loved Rachel more than Leah, and everyone knew it. Even God knew it. We get down to verse 31 in Genesis 29. When the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. So Leah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Reuben. For she said, The Lord has surely looked on my affliction, therefore my husband will love me. But it didn't happen. 
Verse 33. Then she conceived again and bore a son and said, Because the Lord has heard that I am unloved, he has therefore given me this son, and she called his name Simeon. Verse 34. She conceived again and bore a son and said, Now, this time my husband will become attached to me. Because I have borne him three sons, therefore his name was called Levi. But he didn't become attached to her. She's had a rather difficult time. She's had a rather difficult life. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what Leah was going through? Knowing that she is unloved. Not only does she know she's unloved. Everyone else does. But even God sees that she has been unloved. No doubt she imagines that through manipulation and through some orchestration of her lying, cheating father, she was put into this horrible situation. She was not Jacob's choice. But she feels that God has blessed me where I am. I'm unloved. But God has seen that I'm not loved. And God has blessed me. Maybe my husband will love me now. God has still seen that I'm unloved. Maybe my husband will be attached to me now. God has still seen that I'm loved. It's not for some long period of years until we get to verse 35. And the Bible says, And Leah conceived again, and bore a son, and said, Now I will praise the Lord. Therefore she called his name Judah. Then she stopped bearing. Even in all of her efforts, even in all of her hopes, even in all of her prayers, yet she could not make her husband love her. No doubt her tears, her worries, her fears, her frustrations, her aggravations, no doubt all the things that she was going through. What a horrible thing. What a difficult time for her. I feel so sad for her. Because she must have believed all of her life that she was the wrong woman. Jacob must have believed that she was the wrong woman. Her sister probably believed, because they argued throughout their time together, that she was the wrong woman. And perhaps the only one who ever knew was God. Because it was God who chose her. We have some truths that we can learn from this Bible account of life. One of the truths, number one, is that truth is not determined by a show of hands. You know, everyone in Leah's world and everyone in Jacob's world would have voted to say, <laughs> wrong woman, wrong woman, wrong woman. Jacob would have voted wrong woman. Leah would probably herself have said wrong woman. But truth is not determined by a show of hands. Rather, truth is determined by God. Leah was God's choice. You see, because Leah is the great-grandmother of Jesus, not Rachel. 
Leah is the mother of not only Levi, but, and all the Levites, but also the mother of Judah. Leah was God's choice. You see, it's Leah that's buried with Jacob, not Rachel. Today, if you go with me to Hebron, to the tomb of the patriarchs, you will find Abraham and Sarah. You will find Isaac and Rebekah. And you will find Jacob and Leah buried there to represent the covenant partners of God. God does not see as man sees. And sometimes God cannot make man see until long afterwards. Sometimes we must see the fruit of God having visited us before we imagine that He really did. Sometimes we can look back on 20 years and see that the Lord was mighty good to us. That the Lord turned us at that moment. That the Lord's providence fell upon our nation at a time when we were so vulnerable and His hand protected us and Although we may ponder our path, the Lord directs our steps. You see, it's always best when we are thankful to God. That's one of the reasons that the Apostle Paul continues to encourage us that in whatsoever place we find ourselves, therewith be content. In whatever state we find ourselves, realize that godliness with contentment is great gain. In realizing that when we go through trials and tribulations and testings and temptations, that we should count it all joy. Knowing that God will never leave us, never forsake us, and that this is making something out of us. It's not breaking us, it's making us. That we are being prepared and we are being positioned so that we can be used for our greatest day. That God's hand is on us. How important it is to realize and to be thankful to God and truly appreciate the contribution that is made to us all along the way of life. Because what you're going through is no doubt not punishment for your past, but positioning for your future. Even when we didn't expect it, even when we would not have chosen it, and even when we don't deserve it, God is right there with us. Joseph did not deserve to be put in prison. God was right there with him. Paul did not, Jesus did not deserve to be beaten and crucified. But it was the most beautiful orchestration of God in the history of the world. When you can't change it, give it to God and be thankful that He is right there with you, that He will walk with you through every moment. And he will bring you out. And it may take years to realize that it was God. So number one, truth is not determined by a show of hands. Number two, only God can measure success. <laughs> you know, Leah lived and died. No doubt feeling like she was... You know, a third wheel and a wrong woman. She needed peace, peace which can only come from God. Listen to her progression of her life one more time. 
she had her firstborn son Reuben and, 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 and said, The Lord has seen my affliction, now my husband will love me. <laughs> oh, she's hoping. She's got to make this work. Something's going to change. Something's going to happen. And, oh, look, you know, I've done something nobody else can do. Look, I'm, I've, I've, I've achieved. Look, I've given him what he wants. Look, look, look. Disappointments can come. Great disappointments can come. Everything you hoped in and believed in and put your trust in, and it still doesn't pay. She had her second son, Simeon, and said, Because the Lord has heard that I am unloved, God still knew it didn't work. You're still unloved. He's given me another son. Maybe this will work. <laughs> no. That didn't satisfy her either. You know, it's, a new car is not going to fix it. Okay. A new house is not going to fix it. A new job's not going to fix it. A new church is not going to fix it. Number three. She had a third son, Levi, and said, Now this time my husband will be attached to me. <laughs> Sorry, no. It's not of him that willeth nor him that runneth. Some trust in horses, some in chariots. She needed peace. We all need peace. We all need peace in our lives. We all need to live in peace. Peace will not come because we give up. Peace comes because we give over to God. She had her fourth son, Judah, and said, Now I will praise the Lord. That's where her peace came from. When she had done everything else she could imagine to do, she realized my life, my peace, my joy, my future, my hope, it has to be in Him. Therefore, when I cannot hope in my husband, when I cannot hope in my sons, when I cannot hope in, 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 in all that I am able to do, or all that, that, that it, when I cannot hope, when, when, when my dreams as a little girl just, just won't come to, when I, can't, when I have nothing else, I can hope in Him. I will praise the Lord. I will be thankful. I will honor my God. She is the one who is honored eternally as the great grandmother of Jesus. Come on now. Okay? This worked out pretty good. And when we get to heaven, if we see Abraham and, 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 and Sarah and Isaac and Rebekah, I want you to know I believe that Jacob will have Leah standing with him. Not to discount Rachel and his love for her, but to bring to a point of honor that when everything Leah could do didn't get her what she wanted, she finally found her peace in the fact that God saw her, God loved her, God knew exactly what she was going through, God knew how she felt, and God was giving her a lasting legacy. Even though she lived much of her life feeling unloved, like she was the wrong woman, she will live eternity knowing that she was the right woman. 
the mistakes we make may not turn out to be mistakes. Our best hope is to have a trust in God, the good sense to realize that we can't do anything about what happened. It's when there's nothing else we can do, it's time to just give God thanks. It's just time to praise the Lord. And I know that God brought comfort to her. As we started out, when God saw that Rachel was unloved, he began to bless her and favor her. God is the one who will work all things together for our good. You are the best person for what God has chosen you for. No matter who thinks different. Truth is not determined by a show of hands. And only God can measure success. Worship Him. Praise Him. Find your peace in Him. Hey, thanks again for joining us for another powerful message from Pastor Ron Hemmons. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.